It's D-Tech, we're back. On this episode, we're gonna talk about cool tech that is coming down the pike here in 2020. There's so much cool tech that's already here, which, so you prepare for a future tech episode and you're like, oh, this is already real. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think that's the only way we can base what future tech is going to come, is basing off of tech that's already here. Yeah, it's like there's little leaps every year in individual fields, but then you wait five, 10 years and it's like, whoa. So it's like, we expect the flying car, you know, by a certain year and it's not here, but then there's all this amazing technology that has been created. So I think our expectations on what's realistic are always wrong. Well, I think that's what makes current tech really cool or even previous, it's what made previous tech cool because I remember even like the Xbox 360 Connect. I mean, there was there were a lot of bugs with it, a lot yeah. of things wrong, but you see technology like that, you're like, okay, well, if we have this, it's going to be really good in the future. Yeah, and here's this great vir or uh, augmented virtual tech, whatever you want to call it, but then we used it for like five minutes and then stopped using it. So it was super cool, and then it went away fast. So sometimes they do make these technological leaps, and then it's just like, okay, that was cool, but not really just that useful. Well, or it leads to something that is useful and popular. So sometimes tech gets invented. Like uh, Steve Jobs had the next machine, and it was a toll bomb, but yet it became the basis for our current apples. So sometimes technological developments are in service to future tech. Well, then we, I mean, we even saw, was it Bill Gates that was super invested in the Segway? Oh, Yeah. That was supposed to be the world changer. Yeah. And then it just kind of fizzled. Like, they're, they're, they're cool and they're still around, but it's like, I've never still to this day ridden one. Isn't it? I mean, I haven't looked too much into the Segway, but isn't it mostly because it's just too expensive? I don't know. I don't know why. Like, I see sometimes there's like tourists. There's a an uh, office here, or at least it was, where they would rent those out, and now it's just gone. So I don't know what. Well, I, I think it's just really interesting what stands out to humans because for me, like I think the Segway is actually really cool, but that me wasn't too. that popularized. But then the the so-called hoverboard was super popularized, which is the worst version of a Segway. I feel like. Yeah, but I, I guess it's hands-free though. Well, we had one at, at my house, and it had really big wheels. It wasn't like the small ones you usually see, the cheapies. It was actually nicer and had really big tires. So I used to just, and it had a Bluetooth enablement, so you could play a speaker and play music while you'd cruise around the house. But so I actually enjoyed that one. But it was, it would go really fast. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that's what's sad about people who make these groundbreaking inventions because it's not always the first person that comes to market. It's usually the second, the or second, third or second fourth. or third to market that really hits. Yeah, the one company just te copies the tech of the one that did all the original research and development, and then, yeah. But going like on the Segway, like I remember they just called it it for a while, like it was going to be this revolutionary thing. It had the it factor. Yeah. And and then when it came out, it was like, oh, that's really cool, and and now here we are. So, yeah. well, did you ever have a MySpace? Oh yeah, of course. See, see, Facebook was like the super popular social media that everyone has. What like two billion people have a Facebook? Yeah. But I thought MySpace was cooler because you could customize yeah. your profile. I just remembered it was kind of a mess after a while because you'd get spammed like crazy, and there was always 
unsavory content. But there's also good like musicians took advantage of it. I remember a lot of bands were big on MySpace and or um, so yeah, or the comedian. Um, Dane Cook Dane got Cook? super popular for MySpace. He did? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He did. So. The Punch-a-Shark guy, I remember him. Well, we were uh, we were going to do this episode on cool tech. Um, most of it, though, it's already exists, and so we were looking at some different products that have come out, and I guess what's some of the ones that – or one of the ones that stood out to you? Well, I, I think the, the ones that really stood out were the new weapons. Oh, yeah? Weapons of mass destruction. Oh, man. Tell us about it. Well, it's like, I don't know. Uh, we, we talked about this on a recent podcast, but I don't know. I think what's kind of scary about it as I was watching this is how it's not a secret. Because I think these weapons would be really cool to have if you're the only one that knew about it or the only one that had access. But once everyone yeah. has it, then it's not going to be as cool anymore. Because the the one that really stood out to me was the uh, the gun that could shoot around the corners. Oh, yeah. Had the, the bent barrel, which is cool if you're the only one that has it. But if everyone can do that, then it's kind of scary. Well, and it does make you wonder, like, what developments or technology are hidden from us in the public. Like, I know in our last broadcast we talked about the drones that have cameras on top of them. They can carry 2,500 kilograms of weaponry. But they have cameras on the top and then the LED panel on the bottom, so they record the sky and then broadcast that on the bottom of the drone. So you literally can't see these things. Right. And so that, to me, is a little freaky. Like, But then, speaking of drones, there's this thing called Heek Vision, and, and specifically being developed in China, takes out unwanted drones or keeps them out of a specific area. So there's scanners and lasers. They even have this handheld self-aiming rifle that you can aim towards a drone to bring it down. So that was actually pretty freaky. That was really interesting. Cool. Well, <laughs> I don't I feel like it's just going to be I don't know. Like when I when I saw the um the UAV blocker that that blocks the the drones. I feel like that's just going to turn into a huge battle or like piss off neighbors. Like someone's going to hate their neighbor's drone and so they're going to get the UAV blocker and wouldn't that be funny to see though like you're in your backyard and you shoot out a drone and it just falls and you hear your neighbor like what? <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. I so, think it'd be pretty fun. So there's always a counter weapon to each weapon. You were saying there was a double barrel Glock or something? Yeah. Yeah, there was a du- I in the videos I was watching there was a double barrel Glock, double frame, double barrel. Um each side has 25 rounds. One of them was semi-automatic and the uh 18C. So there's the 17, the 18C, the 18C hmm. is fully automatic. Wow. Double barrel Glock automatic. Unreal. Like would, you'd take down a whole army with that. Which yeah, I would you know, I'd feel pretty cool I could walking see around with there. one. Escape from LA style. Taking Ooh, down, that's true. Taking down uh, the gangsters. Right. Well, I there was there was this other one and you probably saw it too in that video, so just self aiming rifles which use GPS and video cameras and, and all kinds of uh terrain um AI essentially to self aim. Well that feels like the real life hack. Because yeah. you hear about all these guys in video games having aimbot, where they can oh, just yeah. shoot, shoot in random places and they'll get kills. Now it feels like the real life version of that. You know that exists. Like we're watching these tech videos on YouTube, but you know the government already has unbelievable technology with drones and guns. So I'm sure, 
like if you went up against uh US military you wouldn't have a chance no matter what you got off of uh Amazon but yeah i i thought the yeah the self-aiming gun i thought was really cool it is a cool concept how how it kind of like calculates the changes you have to make to hit a target it calculates the wind wind speed wind direction um wow, what else did it track um position of target temperature pressure that's everything yeah and and a human can account for some of that but you don't have a built-in gps in your brain and and your in your body and so like you're never going to be that good of a shot so yeah messing with the military nowadays just seems like a mm-hmm. automatic lose situation but i yeah i feel like if you're in the military you're still gonna have to train with a normal weapon though because if your systems go down yeah. And you just don't know how to shoot on your own anymore. Or you just have 10 redundant systems. Redundancies. <laughs> That's true. I like, didn't even think about that. Well, what was that? Is it Starlink? What is Elon Musk's like satellite? Neuralink. What is it? Neuralink? No, it's a it's a system of uh f- drone uh satellite um Wi-Fi distribute distribution across the world. It's basically wireless internet everywhere. So he's released all these satellites. Mm-hmm. And so I thought well, if you've got satellites everywhere and you can tap in, that into your weapon system, like there's no way that you would ever have to worry about any of that. Like you would win. So. Ugh. Just thinking about all of this, like war would be an absolute nightmare. And then, then you go into the um, oh, what it was it the the uh, W Mutt, the robot tank. Oh geez, now we're talking that we're just talk moves on its that, own, like Black Mirror type episode here. Tell us about that. So, okay, so it can go for 72 hours straight. Um, it can go up to 96 kilometers. It can operate on its own. doesn't even have to be remote controlled. can just follow a troop, but it can also be remote controlled. Huh. But I think that'd be a little scary, a tank that operates on its own. I'd be a little bit nervous about this robot tank just following me around. Well, they said when in one of those videos, and maybe it was in the one you watched, uh, they were doing a little tank with a gun on it, and it started to malfunction, and it pointed at the crowd of investors and, and military people. Now, I remember that old movie RoboCop where there's the HAL 9000 or whatever. It's this walking robot, you know, very futuristic. But it actually shoots at a group of business investors. And so that kind of reminded me of that scene from the movie. There, Literally, a, a soldier had to run out and tip the robot over because it was starting to sweep where all the people were watching this mm-hmm. this little mini tanks yeah well i mean i i could have i should have investigated a little bit more but it makes me wonder like if it's like how how exactly it's programmed like how it's programmed to know who the the enemy is especially if it's yeah if it's operating on its own well it would have all kinds of data and that's like in our last episode we talked about ai so there would be massive amounts of data and and they talked about that a little bit so They've got so much data, it's unreal. So this tank is pretty much like the older, wiser, pissed-off version of the Roomba. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of Roomba, in fact, maybe we can leave weaponry here. I saw this this vacuum that cleans pools, right? We've all kind of seen those. But this one had wheels, and it actually could climb stairs because it had a balancing system and some gyroscopes so it would actually climb up these just regular stairs in, in the pool so it could go everywhere it could climb the wall and everything which blew my mind 
I think it would be a little scary if you're swimming in your pool and you just see this thing. Just, I mean, just from like your peripherals, you just see something climbing up the stairs. Yeah, well, I guess you'd get used to it, just like you'd get used to any of this technology. We talked about that, how AI has been implemented into our lives. But I guess we could just go into, in fact, we're talking about um, kind of self-driving things. I did a lot of research into self-driving trucks because you always hear about that. Do you fear self-driving trucks? Mm, I don't really fear self-driving trucks. Um, it makes me a little bit worried for truck drivers because they said about 1.8 million people are truck yeah. drivers. That would take out a lot of jobs. $700 billion industry is trucking. And so, well, because I, I was under the assumption that it would be just like a, a Tesla car, that all these self-driving trucks would be like a Tesla car and that there would still be a person inside. But we learned that's not necessarily going to be the case. No. Um, let me read some of these companies. This will blow your mind. This is how many companies are competing to get into the space. And they think by 2025, uh, this will be a regular thing, self-driving um, for fleets on the road. But Quibus, Volvo, T-Log, Thor, ET1, Gruzovikas, Tesla, Mercedes, Kamaz, Bugatti, and Audi. Those are all companies that either have just concepts or they're building these things. Now, Skyler, you mentioned there's there's certain um, models that don't have anybody in the truck. How do those things work? That's a good question. <laughs> well, um, some of them are remote controlled, like literally right. someone's in a uh, command center and they're looking at all these round screens, so they literally have replicated physically in the office the vehicle's view through the windshield and side windows. And so there were some really interesting um, configurations of these vehicles. But some of them were also completely autonomous, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like there was... Uh, no remote control. Yeah, there was... A, well, there was one interview, you, you probably watched that, where the reporter from Vice was in the cab. He was in the back seat. There was an engineer and another safety guy in the front. So, But they did ride quite a ways down the freeway with a loaded payload. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but then um, as I was watching these videos, I was under the assumption that because those guys were in the truck, but then there were also trucks where there's not even going to be anybody in the truck. And the weirdest thing, in fact, I saw one where the – it's like a car. So what happens is, is you have more space for the track, the trailer. Mm -hmm. the The trailer comes over the top of the vehicle, so it's like this little electric car, a normal sized car with like a magnet on top, and so the trailer comes over it. So it gets a whole another cab space worth of cargo storage. So that's even more efficient. But the torque on an electric vehicle is super strong. Mm -hmm. Which those trucks looked a little scary. They looked, they? yeah, I feel like those are some things that you see in the movies, which I think would be weird. It would be like, you know, you're driving down the freeway and you'd think the robots are among us. Yeah, well, the Gruzovikas, in fact, that reminds me, I wrote here my notes, freaky, reminding me of the trucks in the movie iRobot. There's this big flat thing with no doors or windows or driver, very slim, much larger capacity because of no cab, and they're much more stable on the front axle because there's no cab it's all electric and these vehicles can haul up to 80,000 pounds which is the industry's highest class of trucks that they can tow currently they can do 300 miles on a charge and 22 they have a 22 inch touchscreen inside of it $150,000 truck and to me that's not 
that's normal. I had a friend who was a trucker. That's about what he spent on his truck. So these things are actually getting closer to being reality. And, and, and there's a couple companies actually testing them. So they're on the road with you. It's crazy. But overall, as far as uh, safety goes, I'm not that afraid because I think when you see a, a big truck on the road, you already assume that they're going to drive how they want and drive like crap. Yeah. They're already seemingly not that concerned about other cars on the road. So that's true. we're always a little extra cautious when we're around trucks anyway. Well, they these trucks, that one interview, they stopped at a truck stop ironically and they actually had some truckers come out and look at this self-driving truck and they were really impressed by it and also kind of ticked off because they're like this yeah is a yeah it definitely seemed like he was nervous looking at this piece of machinery and he was questioning it he's like was that loaded or unloaded uh how was it against the wind well and he and they said yes we've we've run this a long ways loaded fully loaded and unloaded and the guy kept saying, oh, wow. Like they kept countering everything this truck driver would say that a human had to be there. And so, yeah, it was I, – I felt bad for him. They were, they were like wagon wheel makers, like they're going to be outmoded mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah, he was just thinking, oh, crap. And then at the end he was saying, he's like, yeah, like I take great pride in, you know, hauling all this cargo, you know, being responsible for the food and everything else in your home. And oh, they're yeah. like, what would you do if you couldn't drive trucks anymore? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's his life, his livelihood, and his lifestyle. So you feel bad for him. You do. Well, and here's another one. Uh, delivery drivers, taxi drivers. Um, Quibus is one of these things, but they're a remote driver vehicle, and they do package deliveries. So you literally have a non-driver vehicle pull up to your house, door opens with the package there, and you walk up and... I assume you pay there or you've paid, but you grab your package. So there's delivery drivers, which are in some mm-hmm. senses being outmoded. So. so here's something I thought about just now. Like, So, so they're going to do packages. I wonder if they're going to do um, automated driving for Uber. I'm sure that's in the works. Ooh. Like actually taxi and well, Uber. That That's a really good point with Quibus because you have a v- non piloted vehicle well it's piloted remotely pull up and give you a package there was this weird feeling of like a robot just drove to my house gave me something so with uber like if they were driverless even if it was remote like is that going to be a weird feeling for a while to have a empty car pull up and grab you or how would you feel about that because sometimes that's the awkwardness of the the uh taxi services it's like Having to kind of sit and small talk with them. Yeah, you don't. But then again, I'm thinking, is that a weakness in us now where we don't want that human interaction? So are we going to be, yeah, less, are we going to be more socially awkward if we can even drive, like get an Uber with no one else in it? There will come a time, though, when I think these things will be ubiquitous, they'll be everywhere, and we'll just get used to it. And to me right now, that feels so weird and foreign. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder with Uber, if say they pick someone up from the bar and they're intoxicated, is are they gonna be able to use a car with no driver, or are they still gonna require a driver if the person's intoxicated? Hmm. Because wouldn't that be the same as riding in your your Tesla intoxicated? Well, that sure would be a sa- a good safe option for people that are drunk, because they would get home safely. But I, I think I think at this at this point, that's still a DUI though. Well, I, I mean, if you had, like, Uber take you home, mm-hmm. like, 
that that actually in fact in the next segment we're running out of time in this segment but in the next segment we're going to talk about some applications for some other technologies that will really blow your mind and could help people quite a lot in bad situations so yeah it's exciting yep so this is a good spot for us to take a little break but now we're going to move into some tech trivia That's right. Today's tech trivia gives you the opportunity to be entered into our prize giveaways. All you got to do is answer three questions that I'm going to read to you now and send your answers to the email trivia at infowest.com. So let's get into our questions. These are actually a little bit more difficult. Some days we have easy ones, some days they're harder. But this first question is, what was the name of the landscape wallpaper that was a default on Windows XP? I have no idea. Majesty, bliss, splendor, happiness. That was the name of the landscape wallpaper that was a default on Windows XP. Question number two. The first five megabyte hard drive weighed approximately 25 pounds, 250 pounds, 50 pounds, or over a ton. Can you imagine? Five megabytes, that's nothing. All right, our third question of our trivia here. How many GPUs did a 3DFX Voodoo 2 have? One GPU core, two GPU cores, three GPU cores, or four GPU cores? That was hard to say. All right, those are our three tech trivia questions. Send your email to trivia at infos.com for your chance to win our great prizes and giveaways. Welcome back to the show. On the first segment, we talked about cool gadgets such as weapons mm -hmm. and self-driving trucks. On this segment, we are going to talk about how you can be the real-life Iron Man. That's right. Or the closest thing to it, at least. It's here. You can fly like Iron Man. Um, Jetpacks. You ever think about or wish you had a jetpack when you were a kid? Honestly, not really because I'm kind of afraid of heights. And I, I hated roller coasters when I was really young. I would always get super sick. So I feel like it's something I never thought we about. We are so opposite on this. Like, as a kid, like, I climbed everything. I remember I climbed the ballpark lights at the top. Like, I, I climbed everything. And so, yeah, I always dreamed of, and I grew up in the country, so whenever we would drive, I'd always look out in the fields. There'd be rolling hills, and I thought, wish I had a jet pack that I could run and just jump, jump over fences, jump up on top of hills, and just keep going through the fields for miles. I used to think about that all the time because I was really bored and it's sitting in the truck. So now that's possible. Now, how does that segue in, into Iron Man? Well, the jetpack is a real thing. Gravity is a company that has been working on a prototype for quite a while now. But if you go on YouTube, the videos are freaking amazing to me. Mm -hmm. And it really is like Iron Man. And it isn't high off the ground, so you would still like to do it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. On some of those videos, it gave me a little bit of anxiety. Did it really? Yeah. Well, there was, there was okay, specifically, there were three videos. One, um, they've got, okay, well, let's describe the jetpack. You basically have four jets, two on each at the end of each arm. And you put your hand in this kind of stirrup thing where you can squeeze a trigger, which puts out more fuel. Now, I looked at the fuel. It's kerosene they're burning. Because you had asked earlier, I'm like, I don't even know. I thought it was jet fuel, but no, it's just kerosene. And uh, it's not crazy. They can actually burn like uh, they can do 
hold up to 50 liters of fuel, which is about 13.2 gallons, and they can go for 20 to 30 minutes. So that's like actually useful. So they had these three different videos that we looked at, and um, there was one specifically where he's just going over a river, um, another where he's going o around a cruise ship with jet skis, and another where he's going up a mountain, and we'll talk about that. But this is like legit tech. Like he really f hovers, I don't know, how far would you say he hovered? In the mountain? Yeah, or just general on the ground. Uh, I don't know. I would say uh, on the mountain, it seemed like he went at least like a good quarter mile. Quarter well, mile, yeah, but mile. like as far as high off the ground, like how far would you say, like five? Uh, on, when, when he was going over the when he was going over the river, or the pond, or whatever it was, I felt like at some points he was like he 20, could, 30 feet in the air. He could, yeah. Well, it depended on how much gas he gave it, but or kerosene. But but the interesting thing that and it reminded me of that story talking about flying over the fields. They simulated a rescue of uh, a little girl. She was with, a, I assume, her mom. But she's way up on top of a mountain. In fact, when this guy got in his his jet suit, because he was wearing kind of a special suit, kind of like you see when they jump out, they do free falls and uh, squirrel suit, that kind of thing. But anyway, he went up a 1,000-foot climb in 90 seconds versus a 25-minute hike. And it was just fluid, and he's just going up this steep mountain. And and granted, you, you've got to look at this online, but the stabilization that you have to do with your arms is the biggest challenge. I showed scholars some videos where people were testing this out in a hangar and getting to where you can just hover. It's not like Iron Man with two little jets in his palms of his hands. It's actually yeah. kind of difficult. Well, I feel like you have to have a lot of control because I think that would be my biggest anxiety, like going over that, that river or pond and then just randomly just flipping right into the water. <laughs> yeah, like you see those, uh, those I don't know what they call those hoverboards, like in the water with you've got a hose. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking and about. And you float way up. Yeah. Like you see people do a nosedive. So, but basically that was the, the challenge for people testing out this jetpack is just finding a nice balance to where you can stabilize yourself. In fact, they'd even have like a silver, uh, gold, and bronze coins for however well you did on your first try. And so it, it was fascinating. But this guy scaled 1,000 feet on a mountain with this jetpack in 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And it's just fascinating to watch. Mm -hmm. And I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, which I think would be incredible, actually trying to find someone who got hurt in the mountains or got lost. Oh, what else did they do, though? They had a helicopter come up to uh -huh. where he was. So he was able to. I think yeah, he tracked them aid. down. Tracked them down. Lit a flare. Yeah. And then yeah, then had a helicopter come down to pick him up. Can you imagine if you were injured and you're laying there and all of a sudden Iron Man literally floats down to you? Like, Would that be kind of scary at first? But I, I I guess if you're panicked, you're probably just excited to see anything. Yeah, it would be kind of comforting. Like oh my gosh, the future's coming to save a me. A literal superhero came to save me. Now, I don't think it would be useful on, on a steep cliff edge. You couldn't get up there, but just on a flat or a, a, an incline that's more, uh, st you know, steady, I it, guess. If someone if someone had, like, hypothermia, they'd probably think that they're hallucinating. Yeah. Someone just flying right up to them. <laughs> yeah, if you'd never seen that video, you'd be – well, there was another one where he was on a cruise ship, and so there were jet skis down in the ocean doing, you know, a big circle around the cruise ship, and he's up there pretty much hanging with them. 
he's quite a bit higher than them, but the jetpacker or the jet suit guy. Yeah, the one he just like flies like over the top of the people. Yeah. That'd be quite the way to impress a girl. <laughs> Heck yeah. I'm here to get I'm you. I'm here. Well, you couldn't you couldn't pick her up like Superman though, because yeah. you gotta keep your arms down. I wonder though if they can build it stable enough where someone could get on your back and you could take them. Because oh. then you could literally rescue them. Like or like, or somewhere or somehow to like you probably could find a way to clip them on. Clip I wonder, them on to you. I wonder if they'll get there. Well, I I thought the application for the cruise ship scene was like maybe he say a cruise ship has a problem and can't get into port. Maybe you could send someone a jet pack over to the port to tell him what's going on i don't know maybe that's not what it was about but that actually sounds like a dumb idea now that i said it out loud <laughs> i don't know what it was i don't know what the point was but that jetpack is super cool and it yeah. seems real yeah. finally that is really cool but so. a- as i was doing my research there are other ways that you could be a superhero as well how's that spider-man you heard of it no Oh yeah, well, I've heard of Spider-Man, but I haven't heard of how you can be that. Okay, well, I think it's a it's a long way from becoming a reality from seeing people just climbing on buildings. But there was this there's this invention that's in the works called the gecko glo- gloves. I mm. think I believe it was invented by Stanford students. Really? Where yeah, where there's just this thing that you you strap onto your hand, and then it has like little sticky pads on the other side, and you can actually grip on walls. Do they work by like electricity or something? How does how does it actually attach? I'm not sure. But you saw it with your. I, own I eyes. did see it with my own two eyes. I don't know. Wow. Somehow they somehow made it so it can stick on a walls and then seamlessly pull off too. So what about your feet? Do they have something for that? Yeah. It looked like that. They didn't talk about it too much, but it looked like there was something that you attached to your feet as well. Well, even if you wore like rock climbing shoes, they have a lot of grip, so maybe that would work. But. Were there any magnetic shoes or anything like that that you saw? I did also see magnetic shoes, but which again, this it seemed like it was one of those, I don't know, projects that someone's working on in their garage. But so yeah, someone had these shoes where they actually they strapped in and they put them on, they put them on the ceiling and they were walking on the ceiling. Wow. Well, and and looking back, I think it was michelangelo who created shoes that could walk on water like i think it was also him he was contracted out it was either him or da vinci where they would take their amazing invention skills and create weapons and and, but they would also create like uh michelangelo um, designed a uh, parachute and just two years ago they tested out his design and actually worked so people have been wanting to do this stuff for centuries mm-hmm. like there was this really weird um I don't, it was kind of cool it was like a chicken wire imagine if you will chicken wire with cotton stretched around it so it looks mm-hmm. just like a cloud yeah. but then they have this magnetized base which would make this cloud spin around and light up and so it was like literally like a rain cloud hovering and it was mainly just to be a cool like set piece in your home or to just kind of be a relaxation thing kind of like i think it'd be cool i think so too because it looked real i mean it was it was just one of those silly little things but it was also like forty nine hundred dollars yeah ridiculously (laughs) expensive so for a hovering cloud but it it did look real yeah i don't know i feel like if i purchased that i would have to leave like the price tag next to it as well like like Oh, like they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool," and then like they look down the price tag, they're like, "Oh, that's really cool." Like the sticker on your yeah. ball cap rim. 
Um, I saw another one, and I thought this was funny. It's called Clocky, the alarm clock that forces you to get up. Oh yeah, I, I saw that invention as well, and I feel like that's the f- the only way you could have it is if you didn't have roommates, because I think you would make your roommates upset so fast. It's it's as effective as uh, we have a cat, and the cat makes sure you get up in the morning. So this is basically Clocky has big wheels on both sides of this alarm clock, and it's not too big, but it rolls. And so it rolls off your dresser or whatever and rolls through the house making noise. You literally have to get out of bed to, to turn it off. And I think it would be the most annoying thing and probably the most effective thing ever because you've got to get out and get it. Oh, well, it, it would be if you had a roommate that doesn't get woken up by alarm clocks, that'd be an absolute nightmare because <laughs> I've had roommates where their alarm will go off for about five hours straight because they can't hear it. <laughs> oh, man. And if that was just rolling around your house, that'd be awful. But a lot of people sleep with their doors shut. So I guess I'd prevent it most of the time. But yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. I mean, it would actually work. It would because li- what it does is it scans the environment, so it'll go through doors and it will roll around the house. So you literally have to chase this stupid thing down. I think that'd be pretty scary, if, especially when you first bought it. Like if you woke up and you just saw this thing bouncing around, it might. Like what? It's like a little dark in your room. Like you might think it's a spider. Uh, it does light up and stuff too. Like so. Mm. So it's it's just it's a it's a creative idea, but it, I think it was for sale. Um, I think just a couple, we have time for another product or two. Like I noticed that there's this thing called the Space 3D Printer, but 3D printing has gotten amazing. In fact, this printer um, has a built-in touchscreen, but it, it prints two times faster than most 3D printers. It does 40 millimeters per hour, and the resolution of these 3D pieces were just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it because we've all seen 3D print pieces now. I assume you have. Yeah. And and there's there's lines like you can see some higher resolution stuff. But this was just like smooth. Yeah, and I think what stood out to me is it's not overly com- it's not an overly complex process. You literally just hook it up to your computer and then you can print off whatever you've made from your 3D software. Yeah, and if you think creating 3D files and objects to print is uh, out of your reach. There's a program called Adobe Dimensions, which is a product design thing, but you can import any kind of uh, models into it that you can get free online. So you could literally start, and this is a pretty affordable printer, you could literally start using Adobe Dimensions in an hour or two. You can learn that program and you could create your own 3D objects. So I know here at our company, we've got some people that like just down the hall, they like to print and then they paint mm-hmm. and they look pretty amazing. So yeah. so the game is just being upped. And, and honestly, that reminds me of Star Trek when they would transport matter. That's like the next best thing. You send your file through a virtual network and then bam, you've got an actual matter printed a piece. To me, I, I'm thinking that's about as close as we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. So, Here, let me uh, bring up a scary concept to you. Bring it up. Okay. So a lot of these, uh, the last video I watched on some of these projects, I think they're really early on. They're not about to release yet because they didn't give too many explanations as to how these things are going to work exactly. I wish they did. But there was another one called the Invisible Wall where it's just like a piece of, I don't know, I don't even know what the material is made of, but it's like some sort of material. And it looked like the way they're holding it, it was almost like a shield, but you can stand behind it and it still blends in with your background, with your surroundings. So 
where that could be really scary is what if there's like an entire military team that all has it. Hmm. Well, it reminds me of the movie Sherlock Holmes when he's in this outfit, looks just like a chair. And he's sitting in the chair when uh, Watson comes in. But this is real. This is uh, something you could use in different environments. Well, yeah. What if you, uh, what if someone ran into their ex girlfriend in public and then just like whew, invisible sheet? <laughs> <laughs> or introverts who don't want to be seen. Or Ever. Halloween. That would be great on the porch. You could really. Mess scare with people. people that would be pretty good well dude i i think honestly we could go on and on about all these inventions but it is fascinating the technology that is available for purchase right now or that is in use by governments um that's here that just sounds like futuristic but literally the future is here well yeah just like we were talking <laughs> the future is here <laughs> but like we were talking in the beginning like a lot of these these concepts, these gadgets are in the early stages, but it's just showing us the possibilities of the future. Yeah, and so much of it's already in use or right on the horizon. So, yeah, I think I think that's good for today. Yeah, I think this has been another great episode of Discover Tech. I hope you enjoyed it. We had a fun time making it. Sure did. Fun time researching. I want to buy all these toys now. Right. <laughs> See, and it's actually fascinating, so... Again, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, leave a five-star rating and a nice review. But until next time, the future is here.